Hello and welcome to Footnotes the Cicerone podcast, a podcast to inspire you about outdoor travel and activities in the UK and across the world. I'm Hannah and I hope you enjoy this episode. You can always email me with your thoughts or questions on live at cicerone.co.uk and I'd love to hear from you. Today I'm talking to Sarah Wilde, who is the owner of Mont Blanc Treks and a qualified international mountain leader. We're going to talk to her about how she lives up to her surname and why she set up Mont Blanc Treks. So hi, thanks for joining me, Sarah. Hello there. Hi. So what came first, the hobby or the name? Well, the wild. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> the wild. Fortunately, yeah, I've tried to live up to, to my name since day one, really. Just being outdoors, basically. Teaching for many years at uh, secondary, teaching outdoor education as well as design. That was a, my, my main subject, but uh, taught outdoor ed as well. And then moved over to the Alps in 2007, just a place that I'd just love to be. Used every scrap of holiday that I could whilst I was teaching. Uh, so headed to the Alps every summer and every winter for the, for the Christmas holidays and Easter, etc. Um, yeah, what brought me to setting up Montblanc Tracks? I feel like this is quite a familiar story for a lot of people is, you know, started out doing this sort of day job and, and just spending my holidays going away and exploring. And then, you know, your day job was already in a related thing if you were doing outdoor ed, but it's turning that passion into your full-time job which is quite a bold step especially for women it's quite a big thing to do how was it with the setting up of the company so in 2007 headed over there with my family and then um, I needed to do something to start with because I needed to earn some money I obviously had a full-time job in the UK as a teacher so I just thought well what can I do I don't really want to look at teaching again my French at that point wasn't good enough so I thought I need to do something with outdoor ed so what I did is in the meantime I sort of did the usual sort of working in chalets and cleaning and all sorts of kind of jobs like that and then I took advantage I already had a mountain leader qualification from work in the UK so I looked at joining the international mountain leader program so I did that Via Kapilkurig, um, the program, the, the the Baymail program, and the, the mountain training qualification, and then I started to do a bit of work or or assisting bigger companies like Explore, Exodus, and that sort of thing. And uh, I thought I could do that better myself. <laughs> so, no disrespect to Explore and Exodus, but I just there was things that I thought that, you know, could be more personalised business-wise and uh, give people just a much better experience. So I set up Montblanc Tracks back in 2010, just guiding some tracks myself during the summer and um, and it's just continued from there, really. Well, coming from, you know, Cicerone Press, we're a small family independent business founded because of the passion in the outdoors and the belief in what we do. And, and same, you know, 50-odd years ago, it was the no one else is doing this, let's do it. And because we're all still outdoorsy people, we try to spend a lot of our time thinking about what could be better, you know, from the user's perspective, because we are also the users. It was just giving people the service that I would expect myself. You know, I've spent so much time in this area of the Alps since in my 20s, you know, um, climbing, skiing, walking, whatever. So, you know, I have got an absolute passion for the place and I know it extremely well. Sort of devoted quite a lot of my time over the last 30 odd years, you know, to, to, to that area of the world. So, yeah, and I just absolutely love sharing that passion with folk. It's just 
totally amazing to see people coming out and enjoying themselves and just the feedback that you know from 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 their experience their holidays I mean it can't get much better than that really good good job satisfaction (laughs) so yeah exactly you've picked a belter you are Mont Blanc treks why Mont Blanc why did you pick that as the focus for all your excitement that's where I've spent all my time since my early 20s you know in the uh, you know the Chamonix Chamonix Valley and just the surrounding you know the surrounding mountains really so for instance the Tour de Mont Blanc I did it myself then I did it with my children when they were tiny Uh, my son and my daughter I mean they're they're in the 20s now but you know they trek the Tour de Mont Blanc when they were sort of six or seven years old they're all amazing, the treks over there, you know, and the trails, you know. But so, so why Mont Blanc? Because that's, I suppose, where, you know, my experience lies, really, and my passion lies. The tour of Mont Blanc itself is just, you know, it's often described as the best of the best. Yeah. It really is like a headline trek that if you only could do one trek, it's incredible, isn't it? It's Oh, yeah, absolutely. It's just headline after headline after headline. Yeah, absolutely. We offer... A number of tracks. I mean, we try and specialise in that area um, of Europe. You know, we have recent, more recently diversified a little bit, but you know, the best of the best has got to be the Tour de Mont Blanc. It is just an amazing trek, and it's it's definitely my favourite. I never get fed up of it. You know, I mean, I've trekked it many, many times, and um, it is stunning. Uh, it's just a bit unique. The fact that you're trekking through three countries, the views are absolutely amazing day after day yeah I mean the terrain is completely different you know one day to the next yeah it's, it is it's just it's a great track it's absolutely you can't get much better than that really have you ever run it you know they do the ultra yeah uh, in a previous life <laughs> for all of that now but yeah yeah I mean I think just being there in that sort of area that that area of the world you get sort of like swept away with all of the of, of the ultra trial sort of stuff so after a couple of years of, of living there full time you know yeah I got involved in doing you know various ultra races and did the you know the ultra ultra trial the UTMB the CCC the TDS all of those but like I say that was quite a while ago now I can't even run anymore to be honest done too much all that stuff I'm just quite happy tracking in the mountains now well we were talking actually to Nikki Spinks uh, a few weeks ago about doing the Tour of Monte Rosa as a as a race Mm. and saying that it's all well and good running it but you you know she's she's pushing to go as fast as possible and and she just said you know I wouldn't have minded a bit more time to look at the views Absolutely. I mean, it's yeah, I mean, it's just it's a personal that was just a personal challenge, you know, at that time of my life, you know, in my mid 40s, when I was had a lot more energy and my body actually functioned a little bit better than it does now. But yeah, so it was, I often get clients saying, you know, how quick can we do this? I mean, not clients that want to run it, but just clients that have got limited time on holiday, and they just want to come and uh, bash it out in like sort of six days. And I just think, you know, if you've got the time, do not rush it, do it, in a normal steady fashion because it is just just soak up the the scenery and you know just the villages the accommodation the culture you know it's very different you know you're trekking through France and then you go into Italy and, and then into Switzerland and although you know it's all that alpine region but actually they're very different you know when you step through into Italy so just take the time and just soak it up you know because it's uh, you know often for people it's a once in a lifetime sort of a chance especially if you there's so much to do in the world you know if you you know and a lot of our clients are traveling great distances to do it so if you're going to travel a great distance to do it then you might let you know just take your time 
And you've got to make sure you make the most of all the food and the wine. Absolutely. That's what we've been told this a lot of times that, you know, the huts change and the food changes between the three stages of the trek. So you can't rush it, really. Yeah. So we we just ran a competition with you guys um, to give away a free place on, on the Tour of Mont Blanc. Why is it that you do that? I mean, it's very generous, obviously, but there's a bit more of a reason behind it. Well, for me, it's about, you know, sharing the experience, you know, with folk. And it just gives an opportunity to somebody that would not normally have that opportunity I get just as much out of that as um it's not just it's not a commercial thing for me running this you know yes you know it's great to earn a living out of it but it's that's not the primary reason that I do it it's it's just a a lifestyle and if I can share that with somebody that would not normally have that opportunity then absolutely I think what you said before about it's not it's not necessarily just a commercial thing when you're working in the outdoors, you have to be doing it for passion as much, if not more, than you're doing it for, for the money. Because, you know, making guidebooks doesn't make loads of money. Taking people on, on walks doesn't make loads of money. It's good that there's that passion there to, to build on. Otherwise, you'd probably get quite frustrated. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yeah. So you mentioned the oat route before. So tell us a little bit about that. Obviously, it's a local trek to us. So, you know, we've over the years, I've, I've tried to sort of um, focus on, you know, what's on the doorstep. So Chamonix to Zermatt, you know, it's an amazing trek. It's not as popular as the Tour de Mont Blanc. We've try, been trying to work out why that is. It is harder. It's a step up, I would say, from the Tour de Mont Blanc. So perhaps that's why people, perhaps people just think it's a bit out of reach. Yeah, it's an absolutely amazing trek. Physically moving and trekking from um, hiking from from Chamonix uh, to Zermatt to the you know the, these are two majorly impressive historic alpine towns and um, and all that you see on that on the way you know trekking mainly in Switzerland because I mean you just you're only in in France for the first half day but you know you're walking through past some absolutely humongous. 4,000 metre plus peaks all the way. And the prize, well, the, obviously the prize at the beginning is Mont Blanc and then you're, you're passing the Grand Combin, various other Swiss 4,000 metre peaks. And then the carrot at the end is the is the Matterhorn, of course, the mighty Matterhorn, which is just, oh, I mean, it's just a dream peak. You know, it's when I was little, I used to just dream of climbing the Matterhorn. I never have, but... Um, you know, way too old for that now. <laughs> it is a good one. It's always good when we get the, the photos of the Matterhorn. It just looks so striking all the time. Another nice thing about those routes is, I know you're saying that the oat route, the Chamonix Zermatt is, is harder than Tour of Mont Blanc, but because you're not going up and down the entire mountains, you know, it's not like you've got to go up the 4,000 metres. There is the up and down because you've still got to go through the valleys and it's not out of reach for the average walker is it oh god no not at all absolutely not at all no no I just think there's a preconception that it is by some people you know maybe that's because of course it's a ski touring route and there is the glacial route as well so you know I think there's often maybe the bit of of confusion and a bit of preconception that it's going to be too difficult for folk but you know it's it's it, when I say it's harder I I I just think it's just a notch higher than, than the Tour de Mont Blanc. 
you know, there's some, particularly one particular one section where you go a little bit higher, you go up to three thousand meters rather than uh, than trekking sort of up to two thousand six seven. So it's a bit lunar like, it's a bit bouldery, it's a bit, it's you know, it's a bit more challenging underfoot. But it's absolutely if if you uh, love the mountains and you you know you have experience of trekking in the mountains. And the other thing that you offer is the guided trips or the self guided. So I suppose if people aren't as sure, then they can choose to go on the guided trip and just get an extra security. Yeah, absolutely. You know, so we offer the both. I used to guide them myself and then I had a couple of other folk that I work with to share the guiding during the summer. But then, yes, I mean, we, you know, we we provide the self-guided as well, you know, to folk. Um, so we organize, do all the organisation for them book all the accommodation and provide them with all the maps and route cards and everything so and provide the support so you know depending on what kind of an experience you want you've got the, the both to choose from and if, if you're not quite sure then some people you know you know if they're traveling on their own you know they book on the guided trips because it's just a completely different experience with the guided trips you know the guides not only just route finding and, and and guiding you th- through the mountains it's 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 all about the sort of the flora and the fauna and you know the geology and the history of the area as well because all the guides that I work with you know they're all very experienced in that area uh, they've either live there full time or they you know they live that they spend the summers uh, in the alps and i think the other the other thing about mont blanc treks is there's so much there it's kept you coming back you know you said since your 20s there's so many different options you can do and and even doing the same route a couple of times you can have a really different experience on it and see different people in the huts and yeah yeah so there's plenty to go at isn't there oh my yeah absolutely yeah these these the tracks that we've just talked about you know it's just a just a the tip of the iceberg really you know there's so much there's so much to do out you know out there and the lesser known tracks as well that you know are the little hidden gems as we call them like the grand paradiso and the vanoirs you know national park um they're just stunning you know they're largely unknown well it's i wouldn't say they're unknown but you know when you go and visit you know the first time i hiked on the the traverse of the grand paradiso with a friend of mine we were just doing a recce and uh i just thought have I gone wrong here? You know, am I completely off the route? And um, and it was because there was nobody around, you know, apart from the Ibex. People, you know, people, they're, they're, they're lesser known sort of areas to track, you know. And, and, and often what we get is we get clients that come out and they do the Tour Mont Blanc and then they'll, you know, they'll want, they'll want to come back and do the, the out route and then they'll say, you know, what else can we do? Um, and that's why, you know, we've sort of built up a bit of a repertoire, really, of, of local tracks that we can offer because we do get that interest. People coming back time and time again and want to do something something new. Yeah, we've got guidebooks for all of those tracks that we've just mentioned. We update them, you know, every couple of years. When, when they need updating, we'll update them. And Jonathan and Leslie quite recently did the Van Mars and the photographs that came back... Oh, man, they were just amazing. There's, I mean, there's a struggle at the top of my wish list. Mm. Well, I mean, it's great because those two national parks are back to back. You know, I mean, obviously on the Italian side, you've got the Grand Paradiso and on the up the French side, you, you've got the the Van Wars National Park. So, you know, the, yeah, I mean, they, they're, they're just stunning. I'm an absolute fan of the Cicerone guidebooks. I have shelves full of them. <laughs> <laughs> 
because you know if, if there's a guidebook you know available if i'm if i'm thinking of doing a new route uh, i always look to see if the cicerone do do a guidebook on it first that's my first port of call and they didn't ask you to say this oh no it's absolutely true no it's absolutely true yeah, they're absolute great guidebooks. They really are. And that's what we send out to our, our clients. We send out the Tour de Mont Blanc to the, and the, the Walkers Out route uh, and the, and the Altavia one out to the guided groups. So they each receive a copy uh, so they can have a read up before they travel to the Alps. And then we also include it in the self-guided pack as well with the, for the uh, self-guided folk. Yeah, it's, it's nice with the guidebooks, actually. I think I, I speak to people sometimes and they're like, oh, no, no, I'm going on a guided trip. I don't need a book. And you think, well, that's true. You don't need the navigation aspect. But there's so many things of whilst you're walking here, you might see this like sculpture on the right. And this is what this means. And this is who made it. And, and there's, there's all those incidental things that I think is really nice to have anyway. You know, it's yeah. it's not going to be the cheapest thing you ever do if you're trekking through uh, Switzerland. So you might as well spend a little bit extra on the book. But I mean, I guess I would say that. <laughs> yeah. yeah, but no, I mean, you know, we started sending them out to the guided clients a couple of years ago. And, you know, it's just a great thing to have for them to look through, you know, for the couple of months before before they arrive. And that's what I do. If I'm going on a new trip somewhere else in the world that I've never been to before, I always try and buy guidebooks and maps before I go. And then, you know, I can arrive a little bit more informed, really. Um, and then obviously keep it with me all the time that I'm out there to refer to but I am such a bookish person the first thing I do anything I'm like oh I wonder if there's a book on that absolutely and then the second thing is the map yeah <laughs> yeah but you know my, my little brother will just go oh no I just youtube it he'd he just he, he never thinks just to go to a book but that is very much I'm sure there's a generational thing in it as well but yeah I'm, I'm a bit old school I'm afraid I like I like physical things to look through. I mean, we still send a pack of information out to our clients. It contains all the maps and books and, and you know, the, the route cards printed on waterproof paper. And so it's, it's very sort of old school, really. And people could just sort of say, well, you know, why, why do you not just do it all electronically? But I think in the world, the world we live in, you know, when you've got next, a chance to get out in the mountains, the last thing you want to do is look at your phone, surely? Yeah, it's it's kind of a perpetual discussion, isn't it? That people have, you know, how much you can you can rely on digital, and and it, it certainly it's got its advantages. But I don't know, I I just like the tactile thing of having a book, you know, getting cozy and looking at a book and getting excited. It's kind of part of the trip for me. Absolutely. Moving on from Europe, you, I know you are called Mont Blanc treks, but you have started to do a few further afield things. So tell us a little bit about that. Okay, yeah. So um, what we don't want to do is just like a lot of companies will will offer treks all over the world. You know, often what happens, well, the majority of the cases, they just sub- subcontract it to a company that's based over there. Um, so they're just the front front men, if you like. I've no interest in doing that whatsoever. But what we do want to do is provide a, an experience elsewhere in the world for new clients, existing clients, you know, that sort of thing. So what uh, we decided to do um, a few years ago was every year go and recce something different, whether it's in Europe or elsewhere, and then provide that the following year as a as a sort of best of in other amazing places in the world. And often they, they won't be self-guided, they'll be guided, but they'll be guided by ourselves. 
but also using local guides and uh, local logistics. In 2019, uh, I went back over to Nepal, uh, did some more trekking in the Annapurna area, and then put together uh, an itinerary based on my experience, but also in you know liaising with a with a, a company that's based over there. Um, and uh, that was meant to happen in 2020, in in October 2020. But of course, that all had to be shelved that's happening this autumn so that's going to be october uh, which is postponed from 2020 so many things still are aren't they i know so 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 we uh we have a group a really great group of folks that have booked on on that trip and they're all ex- existing clients to be honest in fact actually not that's not the case there's a there's two that haven't trekked with mont blanc tracks before so it's just it's just trying to again trying to just share the experience and when I very first went to Nepal 2015 or something like that I didn't really know where to start you know it's like well where do we go this is a huge this is just a massive massive place where do I start you know so and I wish you know I'd had that sort of could tap into that information you know that that sort of um, bit of experience then you know, so you sort of, and so after that first time I went, I thought, well, if I went again, I wouldn't do that. I wouldn't do that. I wouldn't go there, you know, but I'd go there and I'd sort of, you know, and um, so that's what I've tried to do for our clients. I've tried to come up with an itinerary that's a bit foolproof, that just gets the best of, um, you know, and cuts out any of the things that you wouldn't perhaps do again or you wouldn't go there again for whatever reasons, you know. So that's what we've done there. And that's happening this this October. And then we've got other ideas. You know, I also wrecked um, a great route uh, in the Atlas Mountains. Um, that was back in 2016. So that's another one that's in the pipeline. And we'll be doing that next year for 2023. It's a similar sort of thing. And it will always be with Mont Blanc Tracks, a guide, whether it's me or whether it's another of the great guides that we have that work with us yeah and also using a local company so yeah it's exciting yeah I think there's been so many people have been stopped from doing what they normally do and I think a lot of trekkers are people that need to go and do a trek it's it's like it's a reset um for them so having a couple of years where you've not really been able to get out and do stuff I'm wondering whether there's just going to be this massive explosion of trekkers or you know I guess people's situations are different, but but the people that have just sort of been been waiting to do it, they might be desperate to get back out. Yeah, absolutely. Travels back on. Absolutely. I mean, we were lucky last year because we, you know, uh, we were we were the, the our American clients could travel last summer to the uh, to the Alps, so we 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 did have a half reasonable summer last summer, but. Um, but this year, yeah, we're, we're sort of back up to speed with people from everywhere. You know, we've not had seen Aust- Australian clients but since 2019. Even the Brits couldn't really get to us last year. It was just too complicated with all the lockdowns and opening up and locking down again. And it was just too uncertain for people. So, um, but yeah, no, it's, 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 it's back on track, I should say. We're in touch with a lot of... Uh mega enthusiasts as you'd expect that's kind of 
our, our core customer base is, is mega enthusiasts. And I was quite impressed at how many of them managed to get away and do stuff during the pandemic. By They were they were in a fortunate position where they could just go, the rules are changing from, from Monday, right? I'm going on Monday. <laughs> <laughs> and and it was it was quite astonishing that people on our Facebook group would say, I've just managed to do this trip. And you think, wow, I didn't even yeah, manage yeah. to get a Sainsbury's trip done last week. Well done you. Yeah, yeah no, I, we had a few few clients that came from the UK. They just said, you know, we, we're just going to we're just going to self-isolate when we get back. But we need to walk in the mountains, <laughs> you know, in Europe. So we did have a few people that just. You know, they, they thought the price, that was a, a small price to pay for an adventure, uh, you know, trekking in the mountains, you know, and, um, you know, it's fairly safe, I would say, trekking in the mountains. <laughs> There's, you know, it's probably one of the sort of safest yeah. COVID-free. The air doesn't get much fresher. <laughs> Anything else from you that you feel like we've not we've not covered? No, not at all. I mean, it's, yeah, it's just really nice to speak to you. Thanks for the opportunity to uh, to contribute to your podcast. Yeah, well, thank you for coming along and telling us about why you set up Mont Blanc Treks and where you're planning to travel next. And so, if people want to find out more about you, what can they what can they do? The main source of information is just via via the website. And um, I've spent a lot of time, a lot of lot of time over the years, uh, putting all that information together, and it's it's regularly updated um we have a news page we have our own blog as well um so it, it's it's there's a wealth of information uh, on the website and that is just at uh, montblanctracks.com yeah and if, if you, you need any answers to any questions just drop me drop me the folk can just send an inquiry or drop me an email personally which is sarah at sra without the h at montblanctracks.com so Via any method you wish. We're obviously also on the, the social media site. So we've got the, the Facebook page um, and um, Instagram, etc. So, yeah, yeah, which, which way you, you prefer. Um, we, we will put the links in the show notes for this episode as well. So if anybody wants to go and like and follow and email Sarah and find out more about their treks, then I suggest you give it a go. It's been really nice to talk to you. Thanks very much. I hope you enjoyed the latest episode of Footnotes, the Cicerone podcast. I'd love to know what you think or if there's anything you'd like us to cover in future episodes. Please email live at cicerone.co.uk or leave a review on your podcast platform. You can follow or subscribe to the podcast to make sure you don't miss new episodes or you can sign up to our newsletter for all our latest news, events and guidebooks. Visit cicerone.co.uk for further details. We'll be back in a couple of weeks. In the meantime, come and find us on our social channels. We're on all the main ones as at Cicerone Press. And we also have a Facebook group, Cicerone Connect, where you can meet and chat to other outdoor enthusiasts. Thanks so much for listening. We'll see you soon.